And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, went missing James's pod, home of Newcastle United content. In this week's episode, we will, of course, be discussing the heartbreak of the City game, but mainly we're going to be discussing all the news that's been going on in the winter break. This episode of St. James's pod is brought to you by Total Supplements. Visit their website, totalsupplements.co, to discover their range of nutritionist-tested supplements, gummies, shakes, and natural extracts. From popular sports supplements like whey protein, creatine, vitamin tablets and powders to mental health supplements such as nootropics and mushrooms, they've got you totally covered. They also have men's health collection offering testosterone support and beauty supplements to keep you looking like your absolute best. I personally use Total Supplements products and I have been using them from before they came on board to sponsor the podcast. So I'm hugely excited to be partnering with a brand that I know and love. So whether you train hard, work hard, or take an active interest in your overall health, use our code St. James's Pod, that's S-T-J-A-M-E-S-P-O-D, for 25% off your entire order. The link's in the description. Support the podcast and visit totalsupplements.co now and tell them St. James's Pod sent you. Here with Tom and Alex, we'll start with the big news for Newcastle United fans this week. Not good news. The rumour circulating Joe Linton is out for the season if he requires surgery. It's been reported by a lot of newspapers, but not from the club, as far as I'm aware yet. He wants to start on this one because it's a massive blow, isn't it? Huge blow, yeah. Um, yeah, we've not, like you say, heard anything as of yet from the club, but I think you're right in saying it's it's heading in the direction of... Uh, that he'll need the surgery and and that he'll be out and he's he's gonna be such a big miss. Um, to just know what his energy's like in in that midfield and yeah, I, there's I don't think there's anybody else currently in the team that can match that um for us. So yeah, gutted to say the least that he's he's gonna he's gonna be out for the rest of it and yeah, I, I think it's gonna have to propel us to go into the market because um yeah I, I don't think we've got somebody of his skill set that can come in and do the same thing um that that he that he does every game well it's not it's not even the skill set it's the actual position like we don't have anyone else <laughs> so true yeah yeah no it's true i mean we we, we know we've got a couple who are potentially on the periphery of coming back in um Willick and Anderson, who obviously play in, in centre midfield, but just, yeah, they're not the physical presence that Joe Linton is. Um, and, yeah, he's he's become, in the last few years, so like pivotal to what Eddie Howe wants from from that part of the field, just the pressure that he puts on players. And, um, yeah, I know he's got his his technical downfalls at times but he just makes up for 100% effort every game so that to not have him for the rest of the season is such a big blow um and yeah it's uh, it's yeah it's such a shame um that we at this point as well I know we've had so many injuries this season but yeah to have him just be out for the for the rest of his yeah gutting I mean, you talk about technical ability. Like, it takes some expertise to shoot a ball and it hit yourself in the head. So I disagree <laughs> with you on that one. <laughs> but fair, fair I sure. would agree with you that it's fucking heartbreaking. Like, 
it's the most innocuous of things. Like it on on the field, it looked like yeah, you pulled a muscle, like whatever, you'll go off. Like obviously, he came out the second half against Sunderland and like tried to run it off, and then obviously he scored the second goal, took him off. Happy days. Um, you'd think it was a little yeah. knock that he could be back in a few weeks' time. Um, to find out he'd be out for the full season, like it's just brutal. It's just one after another, and I hope we do go into the market because. Even though we are getting players back, you don't want to like force them in. Like we've had a few of those where, like, say, Longstaff's came back in and then he's been out for a few games again. Like we've rushed him back in. So, but then again, if you get like a player in, like they're going to take a long time to get up to like Eddie Howe's level of like fitness. So there's just no good way of remedying the situation because, like, as you're saying, there's no one of like Jolin's ilk that can come in and fill his space. So. I hard breaking for him and hard breaking for the team when we're like we're not on a good winner form. We've got a few like winnable games coming up, like probably after the Villa game. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, like we need the fortunes to turn on sharpish because we we need to. If you're looking at the table with tenth place, like by the end of this round of fixtures, we could be in the bottom half. So we need a, a little bit of a kick up the arse, I think. Like, yeah, the worrying thing as well is. Bruno's one yellow off a suspension. Two games um, as well. Which yeah, which will be a two game suspension. So obviously it's like uh, we'll have them for Villa, but then we could be these win like more winnable games as we're seeing on paper. We could have a midfield of Longstaff, Miley, <laughs> and then drafting somebody in from a, a like out of position. Um or obviously we've recalled Joe White, or is it loan spell ended? So he should be in the squad. Um, or hopefully somebody like Willock's back, but obviously he's just back from quite a long injury, so he's not going to be fully up to speed either. So it's a yeah, it's a bit worrying. But when we say like it might force us in the market, obviously the other big story this week that's come out is that we've got no money to spend. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Darren Eels, I'm sure everyone's seen his interview. Um, basically, <clears> just <throat> saying how we're having to stick to the, the FFP rules and it's come to light this week. Obviously, other clubs haven't been sticking to the rules and they're getting punished for it with the news of Everton being punished again and Nottingham Forest. Um, also, City have a date for their hearing, which apparently is next season for some reason. Um, but yeah, with Everton and Forest, um, I guess we start start with Everton. Like as much as we, uh, way <laughs> as much as we might be happy to see them like get relegated, but for the fans, like you, you have to feel for them like, <laughs> like yeah. twice in one season. It's harsh. It's... Like I don't understand how they can do twice in one season when FFP it's... spread over a three year period. But yeah, nah. yeah. I mean, we don't know for sure what the second, um, what the result of the second um, breach is going to be yet. Um, they're still deciding on uh, if it's going to be more points or this one will be a fine or um, or deferred um, points deductions for next seasons. But I mean, yeah, I know we've got our, our 
things to say about Everton, but yeah, I do have sympathy for them, and it's just again, I mean, we talk about the city one, and you can't. I just, I just feel like, yeah, th- these these teams, Everton and Forest, fair enough, they they've they've broken the rules, but they're they're trying they're trying to bridge a gap which just seems impossible at the moment for any clubs, even ourselves with the endless amounts of money everybody seems to think that we have or do have um we can't bridge the gap because the the rules are set up at the moment to favor the top six and there's no two ways around that i think darren neal's put it quite well in terms of describing the the gap and the ladder between even ourselves and sixth place spurs if you if you put them at the lower end of the top six sides, the the gap it was still a couple hundred million in profits. Um, that yeah will take us years, like maybe over a decade, to like try and bridge that gap. And who knows what might happen? The Saudis might just you know find that it's just not sustainable for them, or or that they've just got better interests elsewhere to to go down like you don't know we can't we don't have a um a magic ball to look into um and and see what's coming up in the future but it just seems yeah really frustrating for us and other teams that yeah those top six sides have been able to um pull away financially okay for some of them fair enough we can argue I've done it organically in a way that you can't really fault them um, too much. Like Arsenal, for example, I would say you can't really fault them. But yeah, the, the Chelsea's and the and the Cities have been bought by billionaire owners, um, and have just been able to get away with what they've been doing for years. Um, seems to just be really unfair, and um, yeah. For Everton and Forest, yeah, it's just unfair that they've been kind of made a scapegoat of it, um, and that, yeah, none of these other big clubs have have yet to suffer from anything just yet. Yeah, from what I gather, the like Everton's first charge was the three-year rolling period of the twenty-one twenty-two season, and then the second one is for last season, so twenty-two twenty-three. And I think what the Premier League are trying to do is get it all done and rounded up for this season so it doesn't roll over, if you know what I mean. Like, obviously, yeah. like last year's has into this season. Um, and obviously, cities from like 2009 or whenever their charges start from. So I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get it all done within this season. But it's like, it's so fucked up. Like, I think uh, I've seen the dates of like the hearings and stuff like that. They're not going to decide on. Like well, that's points like this year, next year, whatever. Until April, like you're gonna have what like six, seven games left of the season. Like maybe, maybe even less by then. And like you can like have teams who are like almost relegated, and then you could be hiring Everton the mix or, or Forest or something like that. Or like there's something like if they appeal it, um, it then goes on into May. So you could have the final Premier League season table at the end of 38 games. And then one of the two teams get dock points after the season's ended. So you could have, say, Luton like, getting relegated, finishing um, 18th place. And then after the season's finished, they can stay up. Like, so they've just made a right fuck up of like 
doing it in that kind of way. And it's just a fucking mess, to be honest, isn't it? Like, the Premier League, like, you, you can tell why the government's trying to sort of get a, like, independent regulator in or whatever. Because it's clear the Premier League aren't fit for applying the own rules, kind of, even though they're no. using an independent, like, investigator. It's just so messy. And, like, you've, yeah, I think, like, Everton fans are the ones, like, if you're going to feel sorry for any, like, it's, like, to get hit done twice in one season is just, like, it's not right. Like, no. Forest, however, do you want to take a guess how many players they've bought in like the two seasons since they've come up? Well, how many players have they got in? It's over 40, isn't it? 42 players. 42. Jesus Christ. 42 players have got in one and a half seasons in. Like, how, how are Like, yeah. I, I know like the season they got promoted, they had a lot of players' contracts expiring, they had a few loans which like they didn't renew. But like, I'm sure they've bought yeah. about like five right backs or something like that. Like they've 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 gone fucking silly. Let's be honest. So <laughs> I, I I don't know how much you can complain because they're coming up spending all this money because they have got um, owners with money, and then you've got like Luton, Sheffield United, like coming up and not really spending much at all. Yeah. And Forest are going to stay up and they can't because they're not like financially doping. So you can understand like these rules need to be enforced some way or another. But yeah, yeah, twice. It kind of makes you realize that's, that's go on. with with the rules as they are. It's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like if you, yeah. if you spend the money to stay up, you're gonna get penalized uh, for breaking the rules. If you don't, well, yeah, look at that. Then you're more than likely gonna go back straight straight back down. True. Um, I mean, Everton will be thinking, all right, okay, yeah, they're gonna get done twice, but they've took a huge gamble and the fact that this league is a weaker league down at the bottom that they might well just get away with it and they'll just you know wash their hands with what they've done the last couple of seasons take the deductions i mean they they look like you know they're playing pretty well at the minute under dice and um I, i think they're probably capable of staying up even with let's say another five points added on to the 10 that they already have, they could probably oh. still find a way of, of surviving with that. And they're still up to their nose as well. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Original 10 points, I still haven't heard whether that's going to be taken down to like 6, 4, whatever, so yeah. it could end up like that they, That 10 points could end up being 6, then they get another 4 to go back to 10. Yeah. yeah. But they'll, they'll think that that's a gamble in itself worth taking. Um, oh, yeah. And, and yeah, if part of me just thinks, like, fuck it, if the tune just do it, like, if we just go <laughs> fuck it, let's just buy whoever we want and just take the hit, like, yeah, we could get like some instant success and then just take a like a bit of a hit um afterwards, and because it, it seems that like City have just been getting away with that for so long, like just getting success on success, and then they're not going to take away their titles, let's be honest, like, but. Um, they'll all those allegations against them go back so many years. Like there's there's obviously yeah. been stuff that has happened, um, which has then resulted in them being able to win what they have done in the in the uh, in the uh, what what has happened in the last few years. So let's not put it bluntly. Like that is that is you know seems to be the way. So um, yeah, if we were to do that. Uh, it just seems like yeah, if the rules are the rules are there and people are just 
going against them anyway. Just why not we? Why can't we just do that? We're trying to be too sensible. Um, I think the issue is now, though, it's like you, you're seeing with Everton that they're basically they've finally caught up to enforcing the rules on time and like more stringently. So obviously they're now enforcing it within one season of the breach of the rules. So it's like yet again where it's we're just too late to kind of profit from anything like this. It's like we obviously City started before FFV, they plowed loads of money in and then when FFV got brought in and like they didn't really know how to do the jurisdiction on it, they managed to break all the rules and it's finally going to get caught up to them but with their lawyers and stuff, who knows what will happen. But then obviously you see where Evan like <laughs> they're getting done now kind of because the Premier League are actually improving the way that they're they're doing things in terms of punishing people. But it's you can look at it on like two sides of the same coin. It's like, yeah, you feel sorry for them because the Premier League are doing them twice, but then it's also like, well, you shouldn't have brought the rule like carried on breaking the rules. It's your own fault really. And also yeah. when you're saying about um towards the end of the season, like it's mad that you could uh you, like the points will suddenly change and someone will stay up and stuff and like you'll get relegated by points deduction it's kind of the same thing it's like well if you, mm. if you should have followed the rules why should you have the opportunity to to, to play games to get those points back um, but obviously that's coming from our standpoint where we're abiding to the rules and suffering for it so I mean we're struggling now though our accounts came out for the last year like just recently and we'd lost was it 74 million yeah, in the last mm. year, so if you're allowed to lose 105 over a three-year period, and we've lost 74 in just the last year, we've got fuck all wiggle room in the next like, in the next probably yeah. two years. The great like, thing is forward. with those books though that that was like from last year on it, so that includes a year of Mike Ashley and doesn't include the Adidas deal or um, something else. There was something else big. That Champions League, Salah. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. So. I imagine they've made a big deal of that to prove that we have no money. But really, come the summer, we're going to have, I reckon we've got like 100 million to spend. Hopefully, because. A, a wild Sam shout <laughs> on St. James's Park <laughs> as usual. <laughs> no, I think. 100 million is not like loads in today's market. It's, it's, it's like not, two no. good players. Yeah. yeah. And the, the rumours of, oh, and what Darren Eels was alluding to of like potentially having to sell. Um, big assets like Isaac and Bruno Botman, uh, to try and fund future deals is obviously so frustrating because uh, all yeah. potentially um homegrown players like Longstaff or Miley, for example. But like that's so frustrating because yeah, we're trying to build a team, like, and effectively, and we get we're building relationships within that team. But to just have to potentially do away with somebody as key as Bruno, for example, just to then be able to fund somebody else in the future, just it just seems yeah. massively unfair. Be, and yeah, I don't think Darren Eels actually said that. I think what he said was like we need to basically trade like any other club, and then the media ran with it in that when you oh, sell no, but, Isa, Bruno. Or, oh, yeah, no, I think that the. the 
yeah, names weren't dropped, but you know, reading between the lines, I like he even said big assets though, did he? Like, I'm I'm I seeing it as fans are worried that we're gonna have to sell our best players, but really, he's just saying we need to trade like we did with Maxi, for example, which some fans would argue he was one of our best players, but obviously Eddie Howe didn't fancy him, so. Yeah, no, I, I I see it as though like you look at Villa and they were they sold Grealish and you know got yeah. him, sold him for a hundred million, um, and then obviously with the um, stuff that we've talked about before around the um, is it amortization? Yeah, I can't say that word, but yeah, <laughs> being able to chunk that up over over the like the the years and I know the rule changes come in to say that you can only do that over a five year period whereas obviously we know Chelsea had been doing that over seven, eight years. But like um the way that was that Grealish is an in, Academy product as well. He was an Academy player for Villa, yeah. So, so um hundred mil profit. So yeah, straight up profit that they're they've obviously we've seen what they've been able to do with that. Um and yeah, fair fair play. Um, it's just that would worry me that if we would ha- to have to resort to not to say that we're going to get some hundred million for say long staff, but um, yeah, I would, I would probably. Well, fair, fair play, yeah, he's he's uh, on my league potentially, but um, yeah, it's it. I, I would I wouldn't want to see that have to be the case. So um, yeah, I just I, I hope we can find a way around that without having to resort to selling any more key players to buy. But obviously, we know we need to keep improving this squad because this season's proven exactly that 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 squad is just yeah not being capable for uh, through injuries and and just lack of depth in some positions that we we know that we need to to keep improving on it. It's just how we can do that in this current world with FFP and PSR, that's um, it's going to be something to navigate around. You know what, this Daniel's like, interview, like, do you know how when Ashworth had one, like, a few months ago, and was saying, like, he's got an yeah. ulterior motive here, like, there's something more going on. I reckon Eels is doing exactly the same thing. He's not, like, went to Sky Sports and said, can I have an interview to tell Toon to, uh, to fans that we need to sell one of our best players or something of the likes. He's had this interview, so us, the media, everyone else, start this conversation of like FFP, like is yeah. it still sustainable? Is it still right? Is it protecting the top six? Is it anti-competition? You've seen, heard that phrase, like, and FFP has been talked about a lot more in this transfer window than the transfers themselves. Like you're hearing everyone talk about it now, so yeah. like, fingers crossed, this is like. Well, for Newcastle, a, the beginning of um, the end for FFP. Apparently, there's a meeting in February isn't there, to discuss well, I think changes yeah. or I don't I, know whether well, that's come about since saw. the interview or yeah, yeah. Maybe they knew that was coming up, so we thought let's let's get the media talking about it so yeah. there's some pressure on them. Or, but yeah, well, I mean, it could just yeah. be a really clever move. And then obviously, it comes out about Everton Forest, so that amplifies it, mm-hmm. and the fact that nobody's really buying in this window as well. Um, just to kind of talk about our transfers, if we if we were to make any, there's a rumor circulating that we are looking at Edison. Yeah, yeah. I need to keep my leg. 
So he might be injured, though. <laughs> I know, he injured him, so he didn't do a good job there. Um, no, he, um, yeah, he plays for Atalanta in Italy. Um, yeah, he's a centre midfielder, uh, midfielder, Brazilian. Um, so Not another one. Not another one. Yeah. We'll get a three, three Brazilians potentially in the midfield. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not too sure. I haven't seen enough of uh, Atlanta this season um, to to see what he would bring. But um, yeah, it's obviously it's, it's been a key uh, position that we've we've had rumours around. We know the Calvin Phillips rumours have hung around a little bit, but I think they've sort of died away a little bit following the City game. Um, and that there's yeah, even a when new. You've seen him celebrating at the end. Yeah, like that. Yeah, we don't we don't need that. Um, I think I've seen. It's, like, it's of... obviously fair enough. Like this team just won, but you would think if there was any truth that he was coming to us, yeah. like if he knew there was discussions going on, he would be a bit more like uh, bit low key. His celebrations, yeah. but he wasn't. So I think that's obviously not happening. <laughs> Yeah, so what do you think to the idea of keeping Isaac Hayden around the squad because um, he's back off his loan spell um, playing in Belgium, I think, and he's been touted to move, I think, to the championship, move straight back out on loan. Um, it seems strange that we're not even considering keeping a hold of him just for a body in midfield when like, he's our player, no transfer fee, and... He knows the club inside out. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised because he has um, been, yeah, a very decent player for us. Um, or albeit we haven't seen a lot of him recently under Eddie Howe. Um, but yeah, he, he fills a, a need, I think, in terms of his, his defensive midfield skills. Um, and yeah, somebody who can sit and be a bit more of that defensive role that we haven't had um pretty much all season that we've um since Tenali uh was suspended. So um yeah I, I I think that it would make a little bit of sense. He obviously he's been playing from uh my knowledge um this season so it's not as though he's um gonna be coming in too rusty. Um but yeah I, I, I think I think that uh, there would be some sense in it, and same with Joe White, like you mentioned earlier. If he's coming back from a, a loan spell um, as well, I think he was at Plymouth, wasn't he? Um, so, yeah, just keep keep those players like in mind um, for if if we're continuing to have these injuries that we're having in that position right now. Like it just. If Jolin is out for the season, if he goes for surgery before the Villa game, like why would we not like register Hayden in the squad? Like I don't get it. Like we're gonna have a space for an extra man if we don't get a transfer in. So why would he not have a player who's played with a few of the players before, um, who we know has done a job in the past? Yeah, even if it takes a month or two for him, for him to get up to fitness or whatever, like we'd still have him for the running, like as an extra pair of legs. We'll probably be paying half his wages anyways if we went to the championship. And then like yeah. I don't think he's on either. I but like from Eddie Howard's words saying like, yeah, I think you'll go back on loan, like I, it doesn't seem like it's even an option. 
Do you think something's gone on there? Because it is strange. Do you remember? Um, do you remember when the who was that player that there was rumours circulating when he couldn't get in the team that he was he uh, he'd shag Graham Jones's wife or something? <laughs> <laughs> Wild rumours. I don't do remember, remember them ones. Um, I remember it somewhere. <laughs> Oh, must have been Joe Hendrick then. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> it was Hayden, that's why he's not coming back. Well, oh, yeah, there was... Anyway. Yeah, I know there was always rumours around Hayden not particularly wanting to be in the North East and he, he wanted to be uh, down south. Um, and I know he's he's obviously played away in Belgium this year, so he couldn't have been um, further down south if he tried. But... Um, yeah, um, uh, geographically speaking, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think I think there's there's definitely a case to to register him and just have him as an option, um, especially because as I was seeing in the the city game, um, we we do have a massive need for somebody to sit in front of that defence because I've seen so many yeah. occasions where Phil Foden and um, Doku and De Bruyne when he came on were just finding so much space in behind our midfield and uh, in front of the defence and it's it's not just that game I've seen it in other games this season there's just no no one taking responsibility of that position um, and yeah. Hayden could definitely fulfil that with being a defensive minded midfielder. Well it's the other thing we're saying as well like if Bruno's missing two games at least he is a centre mid like it's either that or we draft in somebody out of position or you know obviously we've got the option of Joe White now as well who yeah um, it was crew he was at just for the last six months I think um, and then Exeter before that so. But how confident know, would you feel of a midfield three of Sean Longstaff, Lewis Miley, <laughs> and White in the yeah, midfield. Exactly. It's a bit threadbare, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. and you'd it's a bit you'd, prob- you'd probably have to do Longstaff in the six, which he's not amazing now, and then the other two in front of him. Um, I mean, at least he's got the legs. Like Bruno can never get back when he loses yeah. the ball. At least Longstaff's got like a bit more legs about him that like, he, he could. Um, not a bad one. Invention too far forward, like. Yeah, like I mean, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, see, for me, I guess we could talk about this as well. I'm kind of writing this Premier League season off now. It's like, yeah. we just need to get through it and really attack the FA Cup. And if we could have a, a cup run, it could still be a mint season for us. Like, we've had some fantastic moments already this season, Champions League and in the Premier League as well. Um, bit of a cup run in the Carabao. So if we if we had an FA Cup run, especially if we if we got the final or won it, like it would still be an amazing season, especially if we won it. Um yeah. and then we'd get European football as well. So I kinda don't mind the idea of let's just play the two young ones together. Um and like he's coming from playing League Two, but so did Elliot Anderson. I suppose he had a bit more time in training and stuff. Um or even if Joe White's just used his legs when Willick comes back and you give Willick like 60 minutes or however long it takes for him to totally run his legs out and then bring the young the young lad on. But at the same time, 
I do kind of wonder why we don't just get a professional Isaac Hayden. Like, I'm sure Hayden's only 28 still. It's not like he's past it. Uh, I no. know he's had his injury issues, but yeah, it seems a it just seems so strange when it's like such an easy option. Like he's he's literally there. He's our player, so just play him. Um, unless there's some sort of financial thing behind it, I don't really understand. Maybe a, but, like an extra year might be triggered on his contract or something. They don't know obviously oof. contract details, but like yeah, I think I believe he... he's contracted till twenty twenty six as well. Uh, Isaac Hayden already. So ah well, there we are. Like it's, I suppose we just um might as well just yeah use him. Um, in that case, if he's still around, and it, it, it will only do him good for in terms of his his value if he's back playing Premier League even in, in a bit part role um, depends for... how he plays I guess <laughs> well yeah depends on how he plays I, I get that, but... <laughs> that is fair but I, I don't he's, he's never from memory put too much of a foot wrong um, nah, he's while he's played for us like he's he's filled in a role as a centre half or um, or in midfield and um you know he's had a couple of highlight moments uh, in the black and white, so yeah, I I think he's it's it's not like a complete um, yeah shut of the door for unlike like the likes of Ryan Fraser and Jeff Hendricks like um, they're they're obviously we know that their future is is done with us, but I wouldn't say it's completely slammed shut for Isaac Hayden. So yeah, um, it is is a is a point, but back back to your point though that you made around the writing the season off um, from from a league point of view. Um, would you say then the pressure is on Eddie to get us further into the FA Cup and yeah, obviously try and win it. I think I'm not gonna say well, all right, maybe maybe quarterfinals or or further. Would you say that if he fails to do that? And we continue to fall away in the in the league, that the pressure's gonna be heavily on him. And obviously this ties with the the rumours that have uh, always been circulating and increased since uh, he's been sacked, but Mourinho's now available. Um so yeah, I wondered what your thoughts were on on what that means for Eddie. Uh, like I think the only people who are talking about Eddie Howe, like and his job being under pressure, is like it's the media like drumming everything up and probably like quite new fans to Newcastle. Like if you've been around for the past fourteen years of Ashley, um, you're really not going to be that bothered about slipping at the bottom half of the table. Um, obviously, yeah, finishing fourth last season, dropping into the bottom half, not ideal. But there's so many mitigating circumstances of this season. Like, you've had, obviously, the Champions League games, the hardest group that we could have got, pretty much. Like, that's obviously taken a lot out. The injuries have been fucking ridiculous. Um, we've still got to the quarterfinal of the uh, Carabao Cup and obviously went out in the last minute and then the penalties. Like, there's, it could have went a different way. Obviously, Tonali, like, with some signing that we spent all that money on, that's still, like... Got a hamstrung this window is like he, he's out for the season. Like, there's so many like factors in uh, like what's going on. I just don't think it'll be an option. And like, we've seen the documentary how 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 gets on with the owners. Like, 
they've got a good relationship, like from top to bottom. And yeah, the Mourinho link is an easy one to make, but like personally, it's not one that I'd want. And like, like going going from like Eddie Howe, like his style of managing, like the high press, the high intensity, to Mourinho, who's very much a defensive-minded coach, like sort of make sure everything's solid at the back, and then work from there. Like I, I just, I I prefer to at least give Eddie Howe another season and that's like the biggest understatement like I give like but obviously with having all this money and stuff like that and what happened last season there are going to be expectations from the owners in some way shape or form so I don't know like I just don't see him being at any risk no matter what happens this season really yeah I, I agree to be honest I don't I don't think from Inside the club, there'll be any pressure on him at all, no matter what happens in the FA Cup. Um, I don't know really how many people would want Mourinho. Like I agree with you. There's that like sort of fairy tale thing about it, just because of Bobby Robson, but it really wouldn't make sense to go from that style of football, like you say, to the Mourinho style. Like it would be. It'd be similar to what you've seen at Spurs where they keep chopping and changing and then the the style just never really... Or even Chelsea, like they've been changing managers left, right and centre and the squad doesn't know what they're doing. So, um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's outrageous that anyone even mentions Eddie Howe losing his job. He's like Even this season, like he's still done a fantastic job. Like I don't understand why people are saying he hasn't. Like I'll... if you cast your mind back at the start of the season, like like with the with the extra Champions League games and stuff, like no one was really expecting us to get back into Europe. So a top half finish. And yeah, we didn't get out of the group, but we gave it a real good go and like we got some fantastic results. And then you add on obviously the injuries and the suspension, like I don't think anyone I, I don't even think Pep could have done any better than what Eddie's done so far. So for me I'm just like it's madness, but I mean, you know, we have gone on a bit of a losing run in the in the Prem, so like, I understand the media talking about it. But well, I'll play devil's advocate then. So, um, Ooh, are you how in... out? Are you? No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just gonna throw out a like few. I'm just throwing out a few things here just to try and, you know, give a better balance, but. um Right, so we talk about injuries a lot and how that's caused this season to, um, yeah, sort of peter away a little bit. But um, those injuries, quite a few of them, yeah, just been freak injuries. The likes of Murphy with a dislocated shoulder, um, yeah, from a bad fall. Yeah, you can't, you can't mitigate for those ones. But some of them, like more muscle injuries and stuff, you know, I'm. I'm just putting it out there. Could that be down to the style of play that um, that Eddie is is has been putting us under with the uh, with the, um, the high press and the and yeah the constant running. Um, you know, maybe that might have been something that um, yeah he's obviously very dedicated to playing that same style game in game out. Um, even knowing that there was gonna be the increased fixture list with with Europe um that hasn't really changed obviously it it's 
hasn't changed in some respects because of how successful it was working last season. But um, yeah, I'm just putting it out there. Could that uh, have been a result? And and maybe some of these in-game decisions as well um, that could have um, been a been a factor as well in, as to why we've not. Um, done as well into with you know not making certain changes when um you know you, you could have done um i'm just just trying to throw ideas out there i'm not necessarily saying i'm eddie out because that I, I think again it would be sounds like it though it i'm look you gotta you gotta put some balance out there for fans and i know that there will be a percentage of of fans of ours that are getting sick of the um the sort of results that were were, were, fans were turning in. Fans of Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> both, I like I, it. Both, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, look, I'm. I, don't get me wrong. Like this season has had highlights like w- w- that will live long in the memory. And you know, Eddie's been obviously key to that. Um, the PSG results, like um, there was both games for that matter against them. Um, but yeah, there's just been certain games where you just think, like, could he have done better in? And so, um, yeah, I've I've seen this point made a lot about the injuries and like, do from my in my opinion, if we hadn't had all the freak injuries and the suspension to Tonali, we would have been using the squad a lot more. Would would have been a lot more rotation. Um, and therefore there would have been less muscle injuries. It's only because players have been forced to play so much, the ones who were fit, why we've picked up more and more muscle injuries. Um, because you've seen, like, really they came later on. The, the first ones were all, like, the freaks, like even Barnes was the broken toe. Um, like I say, two broken backs. Um, and, yeah, the only thing I'd kind of agree on is the in-game substitutions like I personally would have there's I've been a few games where like Isaac's just been dead on his feet I would have just chucked the youngster up top just to press um, but at the same time I understand why he hasn't like it's hard when you're the the manager and you, you're trying to win the game like realistically you want Isaac on the pitch like if a chance comes he's deadly finisher you don't want a youngster on who's like um, inexperienced and Let's face it, not as good of a player. So, I'm, imagine I'm chasing a game. Imagine we're chasing a game and we've got Isaac on and we're taking him off for like Parkinson. Imagine the yeah. fans' reaction. They'd be like, How would we get hounded for it? Like, you, you cannot win. Like, um, when was the last time we could make multiple attacking substitutions in a game? Like, bringing on the likes of like Wilson, like Barnes, like Murphy, oh. like. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember last time we had a deep bench. With even, players even in the last game, we had to bring a left back on in uh, attacking position because yeah. we've got nobody. Um, he's walking like probably September, October, like because yeah. it was before the sort of Champions League fixtures, like really got heavy. It's like silly. No, that's so, a fair yeah, point. I, mean, I do, I do, I do take the argument that he could have rotated the squad more by playing players out of position in the four positions. But I don't know, like it's it's very hard to know what like information he's got and stuff. Like the medical team tells him he's actually fit to play ninety minutes, even if he's looking a bit dead on his feet. 
he's thinking, well, he's not going to get injured. So, or like Anthony Gordon, for example, Miggy, another one who's had to play a lot of games because there's no one else in their position. But yeah, I mean, I just, do you know when, um, obviously, like we sacked Bobby Robson and then it just like went horrendous yeah. for years. It it just feels like that to me. It's like we've got such a good manager. Like I, I look forward to watching his uh, interviews every week. Mm-hmm. He's like, not only like is he a good manager, a good coach, but he's also an like amazing representative of the club. Like I'd much rather him being the way he is than having like a Jose Mourinho who's just like attacking referees all the time and ego, like and, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, so I personally think Eddie get and as well, like you've got to remember, he's a young coach, so he's actually learning this season. So next season, he's gonna have all this experience to to go again with the the extra games and everything like that. But um, in terms of Jose, though, do you, do you think he's gonna get a, another big club, or do you think he'll potentially go into international football? Maybe. I think that's what's real, really isn't it? The Portugal job. The, the step into international is the right moment for him. I think the, I, I personally thought Roma were a bit harsh to um, to let him go. I know he, they've just been on a similar sort of poor run like we have been, um, but it's yeah coming off the back of you know success that he's had in the past two seasons that he's been there, won them a European trophy got them to another European final uh, last season, um, lost on pens, like, all right, yeah, he's, I think he's still, he's still got it in terms of, yeah, the, being a successful manager and uh, he'll go down as one of the best ever in that respect. Um, but yeah, I think that gets to a point for some of these like managers uh, where, yeah, international football sort of suits them better. Like, yeah, he's seen it with like Capello. He had a very good like club uh, management career, and then yeah, he stepped into international football um, round about the same time, similar age in terms of um, of that. So yeah, I think. Would you take him he... for England? You up? Would you take him for England at the end of the Euros? Mourinho at England. Um, that's an interesting one. I'd um, rather Mourinho than Southgate, but. Yeah. I still think with the players we've got, I'm not sure it's the type of football we need. But true. I mean, he, true. He, he is good at winning trophies as well. He's so. a cup specialist, yeah. Yeah, probably would take him. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. But um, he, I'm sure he's got dreams of you know taking Portugal all the way to to winning a um, a major trophy. So um, yeah. I'd, but I think Portugal had a bit of success with is it Roberto Martinez who's in there? Yeah, well, obviously they won the first major trophy a couple of years ago, didn't they? So I can't see um, them swapping that out, even though it's Jose. Yeah, especially like international management, you don't tend to like chop and change half as frequent as well the Premier League, especially. Like I, I don't think he'll get another like big Premier League job. Like I think any of the big six, big seven, if you include us, uh, Villa, I just can't see any of them wanting him to manage their club, especially after how sour it went at the end of his Spurs tenure. Um, 
I think like something along the same kind of caliber as Roma, like that kind of say like a Champions League chasing squad in another league, but not the Premier League. I, don't, I really don't think. I think his time's probably up in terms of the Premier League job. Like, yeah, there's there's a bit of a shift, isn't there, in terms of the what mm. clubs are looking for in in managers, um, and yeah, the old school ones. Um, yeah, the Mourinho's. I mean, Ancelotti's still, you know, he's in that sort of bracket of old school, but he's still winning stuff, isn't he, with uh, uh, Real? So, um, yeah, I don't know. But in terms of Premier League, though, the 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 shift does seem to be towards attacking-minded coaches. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we'll see him back um, in a Premier League job anytime soon. Right, well, it's about time we got round to reviewing the City game, uh, seeing as that is what this episode is titled. So uh, let's do it. Let's start with let's start with some good performances then. Um, some highlights from the first half. Alex, I know there's some players you want to highlight in terms of playing well. Um, yeah, well, I, th- I thought Bruno started really well. He controlled the game quite well and considering how good they are on the ball we had some quite good spells where we showed real attacking intent and that was from the very first minute obviously we had the ball in the net um so yeah it was really positive coming out firing and it as thomas alluded to earlier um we just looked like a very good team like when we've got the energy when we've got the high press and causing them problems from the start like obviously causing edison problems and then obviously he went off injured after like sort of a, a bit of a hash up at the back where we could have scored again. So yeah, it was a really, really bright start from him. And yeah, I was, I was, despite some questionable names on the, um, the starting sheet, I, th- I was really impressed with how it came out. Um, uh, were you at the game, Thomas? I was, yeah. I, I was, yes, um, I was. Impressed, yeah, with with a few to begin with, like you say, the ones you mentioned, Bruno definitely was controlling things. Um, Miggy um, started with a lot of intent and purpose, um, and yeah, Learn getting in behind. Right I Can't know. believe it. Yeah. always crossed the ball with his right foot. It's it's a miracle, um, and yeah, I think the Edison injury was a a definite like massive moment in the game for uh for us like the, the crowd knew like if you know a key player such as him going off and yeah their uh subkeeper seemed a bit a bit ropey at times um i think it, the, the strange thing i noticed when he came on was um he didn't want to take a goal kick, did he? Like, or the, I don't know if that was they didn't trust him to be able to like kick it upfield or what. But they they seem to go short all the time with um with him. Um, but yeah, obviously our fans got well behind um trying to put him under pressure. Um, but yeah, like it was it was good good beginning obviously, and then yeah they took the lead through um uh very decent um finish from Bernardo Silva um has to be said um but yeah again some some co- sort of questions on on Dan Byrne on on that particular goal um 
um, has to be said. But then the reaction to that was um, was brilliant. I thought like we we didn't drop off. We we kept pushing, and yeah, some very decent goals scored afterwards. Yeah, it's a funny one with that first Just, goal because, like, you see, like Dan Burney's almost like in the middle of the box when the goal ball gets played out to Walker, and Walker's technically Gordon's man, so Gordon should have, could have, maybe been the one to track him back. But like Burn, I, I don't know if he's been instructed to like mark his man. I think it was Bernardo, like religiously, but he got dragged f- so far inside. You think he could have maybe passed him on, and then held yeah. the width a little bit more. Because he's like he's he's basically standing side by side with Botman when when the ball gets played across. So Walker has got all the time in the world to take a few touches and like rifle the ball in. As you said, a ridiculous finish. Like so, yeah, um, I can't can't fault Debravka in any way for for that one. Oh, no. um, Put but, him in the corner. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Debravka I thought was absolutely outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. That's like by far his best game. Um, since coming back since in, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but even just like I was thinking, um, uh, in the back of my mind, it, it felt like that Tim Cruel performance way back when against Spurs, like, and the amount of like saves he was making, and yeah, uh, if he had kept on that way, he could have been breaking records because he was just felt like he was he was just gonna keep it at two one, um, and. Obviously, we know what happens next, but um, yeah, he was just—he he had an outstanding game. Um, definitely, man of the match for me from a, a team perspective. Um, but yeah, the the goals, our goals, obviously the reaction to which, um, like the, um, yeah, Bruno, like, like that the the one a couple of touches um, uh, for. Going from keeper to uh, to oh, Trippier, was wasn't it? Ages. Uh, to to uh, to Bruno, and then across across field. Um, it's just amazing. I don't know if I'm getting my, the the wrong way around. Um, was that the second one actually for for Gordon? Um, the one I'm thinking of. The Gordon one was that not the one where? Oh no, yeah. So the Isaac one was where Cher kind of broke through. Played it to Bruno and Bruno just no luck. Hit it through for Isa. So the yes. Gordon one, yeah, it must have been the one you were talking about, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yes, but Bruno obviously was was key in both of them. Um, and yeah, uh, the one, the second one in particular, just the the move from back to front was uh, was brilliant. And obviously, can't take away anything from uh, both finishes from Isaac and Gordon. Just placed them pretty much identical, like. From bending past the keeper, they were great finishes, um, and yeah, put us in such a great spot in that first half, um, and you know held on a little bit towards the end of the first half, but it was obviously key for us to go in um, ahead at the break, um, and yeah, it, it looked as though we were just so solid, um, yeah, we were under pressure, but dealing with it well um, up until. The magic moment that De Bruyne was brought on, and it just completely turned the game. Uh, I don't know about yeah. you, Alex, but um, that there was just the sense around me in the ground that there was a sense of inevitability about that. Everybody knew De Bruyne was going to come on, 
and everybody knew he was going to be doing something in this game. Um, and yeah, it just just felt. I thought he was going to curl that free kick in um, with his first touch of the ball. Um, but yeah, he he obviously is just such an amazing player um, and totally changed the game. I think I said when he was taking that free kick, I was like, All right, it's written in the stars, it's gun top in. Thankfully, he just rifled, I think, hit the wall, did it? Um, yeah, just came off I was the wall. very, very pleased to see that happen because I, I was fully expecting that. Like, I also noticed as well, Dubravka gave him so much space on that right hand side of the goal. Like, Dubravka was almost touching the, like his post on the, the, the opposite side. I'm like, he literally needs to get it on target here, and, and it's in. But, I mean, it's one of those performances where, yes, we give him a lot of time in between the lines, but he was he was almost unplayable. Like, should should we have dropped Bruno a little bit deeper, like to almost sit, sit like in that space? Maybe, yeah. Like, Foden was getting an air all game. De Bruyne was getting an air after. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how much you can partner how. Like, yes, the performance like Drake dropped in the second half. The energy levels dropped. But once again, we couldn't make any substitutions. Well, we could. Um, but in attacking roles, like, who could have really brought on? Like, would he have brought Isaac yeah. off for, like, Parkinson or something like that against Man City later on? Like, I'm not sure. Like, I, I couldn't really see it being, like, Matt Ritchie's game to come on or Kraft to come in. Um, it's just one of those games where they stepped up when they needed to. And I thought we were going to hold on. So that's what it was just a bit of a sucker punch, like right at the end. Um, and once again, I think Trippier could have done better. Um, it came from his side again. It's just like just tipped over his head. Obviously, it's a great ball that by De Bruyne out to Oscar Bob getting his first Premier League goal, obviously against us. Um, Such a cartoon character, that guy. Mate, like, <laughs> don't even get sorted. Oscar Bob, man. Laugh <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Bob, yeah, definitely a Simpsons character somewhere. Like, there's someone uh, called Oscar Bob in Simpsons. So yeah, he... brother. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it was a bit second because I, th- I thought we put I thought we were good value for a performance, but at the end of the day, I think that he probably deserved to win. Just about, he'd probably done enough, but yeah, taking the lead by half time and then not seeing it out, it's just. It's another one of those where I was literally like um, convincing myself, like, oh, you know what? It's it's two two against City. Like, we'll take it. We'll take it. Like, I was actually like disappointed getting the draw because, like, obviously we'd been ahead. I wasn't um, not disappointed in the ground. Like, I was out. The, the atmosphere I was nervous going in the last like five ten minutes. Like, that's when we're not really getting chances. We're sitting back, yeah. and to be yeah. fair. We weren't really like giving up a lot of chances either. We were defending well, mm. but it seems to have that. gone from like we can just take barrage after barrage, and then Nigel barrage. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that going through my mind as well? <laughs> And then uh, now we just, you, that's why. <laughs> oh, look! We just uh, we just crumble at the end of every game now. If we have the if if we well if we're drawn, I guess. I hope I don't yeah, play yeah. that when we're going like. Just um, just to take it back uh, to the the very first goal that was disallowed for offside, where obviously Edison got injured. Um, just before we we wrap up, what do you make of 
the the linesman not flagging. Um, because obviously he was getting a lot of stick off, especially Kyle Walker, which was probably because I think it was Walker who ended up injuring his own keeper. But um, I don't really see what they were complaining about because that seems to be the rule now that if it's a goal scoring opportunity, they'll, they'll let it play out and then they'll check the offside afterwards. So, oh. what did you make of it? Because obviously, when it results in an injury, it's going to bring up questions. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think some of the crowd were getting a bit pissed off with the linesman initially um, flagging. I'm sure, did he not flag really early on one? Um, just well, before that, like that, he started flagging he really early. Yeah, we got yeah. flagged. Just in Newcastle, though. But he flagged like must have been five or six times we got like offside flags putting up when yeah. some of them yeah there would have been a yard offside some were mm. a lot tighter yeah um, that's what I thought we well, I, mean, well. I think that was because he got like shouted at so much for the the injury one then he just started flagging every time instead which again yeah, is was... like players influencing the official yeah it was a little un... yeah it was unclear in the ground like what was going on because we were like obviously Edison was down injured like we weren't sure if like there was a VAR check that was happening at the same time either like or um or not like um I don't know how close it was I haven't seen it back um but it was uh yeah it was, it was very outside. yeah I'd imagine but it was just like yeah very unclear what was going on um from from our perspective um, but yeah, the, the, I thought the ref was. I um, mean, he, he was getting some pelters at half time, um, and for uh, for the rest of the game, just because it did seem as though he was heavily he's leaning a him, though, he? on he's on City. He's, I, I, you know, as soon as um, they said, like, I didn't actually see who the ref was going to be prior to the game, but like when they were announcing it prior, um, just just before the game kicked off and said his name, I was like, ah, fuck's sake, and I just, I knew he was going to have like one of those difficult games. He just doesn't seem like he just always seems out of his depth like yeah, he does, doesn't seem he? doesn't yeah. seem to be able to control big personalities on the pitch um and yeah like he was quick in with like book and bruno i thought i know the tackle was oh, no i swear i swear from my seat that looked like a book and he fucking dived in it was so stupid it was it was a yeah it was a bit of a daft one fair enough but he, he hadn't done anything like to prior and uh, all right, fair enough. Some some tackles you don't need to have like made a few before to to like get it a booking. <laughs> it's just that's a, he it's needs just... to cut them out, Bruno. Like that's why he's on nine yellows. Like he just does these daft ones where there's just no need yeah. for it. No, but that's but to be fair, he kept like his composure throughout what was like a. Yeah. Then a but tense he seems game. to love an, an early yellow, doesn't he? Like, mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's he's then unable, like later in the game, to. I like, really maybe later in the game he he performs a little bit better if he's not on a yellow because he, he's got that opportunity to go into tackles a bit harder or give mm, a pinch the ball quickly and go on the, the counter. Yeah. So he need he really needs to cut that out because he has a fantastic game, like with the two. Uh, goals like you're saying and you know there was other moments as well but stuff like that does let him down a bit um yeah any any special mentions for the review 
thought Gordon um, had another cracking game, to be fair. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah. His, his finish against Diaz, like, you had him on toast. Um, but generally, like, I think you look dangerous. I think Miggy needs a bit of a shout out as well. I thought he had another half decent game. Like, he's, his finishing is really poor still. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on with that, but his, it was his pressing in the, the first sort of 20 minutes or whatever that was putting them really mm-hmm. under pressure and then yeah I, putting their still keeper under pressure as well totally he, he had like space in behind Gavardiol like most of the game or at least the first half like that just seemed like the obvious pass on all the time um and yeah back just to your point about a bit more. well yeah true that 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 was frustrating but um otherwise he it was it was always there and um yeah eventually you know he he started to to learn a little bit about it as the game went on, but no. Back to your point with uh, Diaz though and uh, Gordon. Obviously, that was a, a flash point mm-hmm. um, in the first half with like a naughty one putting Gordon into the um, advertising the holdings. Or uh, well, it was a camera, was it? From where yeah, I was sat, it looked like he. The camera. Yeah, I mean, he he came off and he throughout the the first half. It seemed like he always had a little feel at it. Um, because must have been about Diaz. He, he's one of them ones. He like an unlikable, um, like yeah. He just, just yeah. Didn't he? Obviously became the pantomime villain uh, for the rest of the game from the fans' point of view. Um, but yeah, Gordon definitely looked sharp um, and wanted to get in behind um, at all times. Uh, I thought like Miley again had a decent enough game. Obviously, quite a few big characters in the uh, centre of midfield for for City, but he, um, yeah, he got about well. I, I thought Longstaff might have. Uh, I don't know. I think he didn't have his best game, personally. Um, just didn't seem to win his battles as well as I thought. I don't know about what you thought uh, on that one, but um, yeah, his performance had dipped a little for me. Yes, yeah, it's hard to criticize Miley because he is so young. There's like a few times he gave the ball away. He got caught in the ball once or twice. So same with the long stuff in a way. But they're under so much pressure. Like you, you forget how good City are as a pressing side as well. Like they don't give you like one second on the ball. Like it's really hard to play through them. And like yeah, Miggy was really good for that like out ball because Varial not being a natural left back like. He, could have the beaten for him, but it's, it's it's when the ball gets put put in behind, it's like he runs onto it unnaturally because he like he opens his body up and hits it with his left foot to go down the line almost. So he like he doesn't shape up like right as if like if you're on the right wing, right footer, it's much easier just to 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 take it down the line. He's always wanting to go inside. But yeah, back to long stuff. Yeah, he's again, he's a bit scrappy, but it's it's hard to judge someone on a sort of performance against City when. You don't have time on the ball. They can play it around you so well, and the quality of their players, like yeah, they, they probably can get the better of you when you're not completely on it. But that that was like I've made the point to um, a few times, like the amount of times I've seen that Foden was um, free, like just floating, like, and I know mm. he does that against like loads of teams, and loads of teams fail to pick him up. Um, in that, because he is very good at doing that, um, just coming off the left and and just dropping in and and causing a nuisance. But like Doku was doing it as well, um, and it just seemed like 
nobody wanted to take uh, responsibility from for that part of the pitch. Obviously, the defenders, like centre half, Shane Botman, didn't want to come out to like of their line to to try and meet Foden there in case they got um, turned and and done. But Foden just seemed like he always had that like ability to just receive the ball turn and like play like a neat one two or little pass in behind the uh, defenders and yeah it, i don't know if like just one of the midfield three could have done a little bit better there to just try and negate that um and yeah the annoying thing about that one as well is that he did that was it last, i think it was last season uh did the same thing and we got done by it so we didn't really learn a lesson on that one. But, I mean, I think it was, I don't know if you agree, but I thought it was more in the second half, really, when the legs were going. So, one interesting thing, though, that um, they said on, on my commentary that Lascelles was coming on for Bruno. Um, I can't remember, if, I think it was just before De Bruyne came on, which at the time I was like, what? Like, what's going to happen here? And then, like, two minutes later, they were like, oh, we've heard um, that change isn't happening anymore. So, whether that was a mistake or that was actually going to happen um, and maybe Bruno had a niggle or what do you think was happening there? Like, if um, De Bruyne hadn't come on, would would we have seen that change and maybe we were going to go back five? Yeah, it could have been. I, I, to be fair, thought that that was going to be the case when Hall came on, um, and that we were going to tuck, um, like things in a little, yeah, and then go with uh, with Hall at the the left wing back spot. But um, obviously that didn't happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, it could have could have worked. We've we've um, not really seen Eddie revert to um, a back three too often could have been that share pushed up into um into midfield um as we've yeah, seen well, play that thinking because obviously we're gonna have to do something like this when bruno's out so it's a matter of time before he gets that 10th yellow so yeah yeah i'm gonna have to do something and maybe that as an option the old steve Bruce show of sharing <laughs> center midfield <laughs> marks the stroke he's <laughs> weak He's teaching him anyhow everything he knows. <laughs> we kind of played around with the wing back system in preseason, and we also kind of played around with um, Trippier and CDM. Obviously, we haven't seen it since. So <laughs> whether he just thought, well, that didn't work, so we'll not see it again. I don't know, but yeah, I yeah. Feel I guess like... in the next episode, we're gonna have to um, have to try and. Well, the next episode we're doing, we'll have Bruno, so it should be all right. But we're gonna have we, Bruno. we should have, yeah. Anything yeah. can happen in training and all sorts, yeah. Well, I mean, there was rumours, wasn't there, of like him being uh, away, wasn't it, in Paris? And obviously, the media yeah, they keep, lost the their media head on keep that. Trying to, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Force a move for Bruno or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no really what comes out, it's like, oh, that means Bruno's leaving. But like. What? Did you see the interview with Joe Linton and Bruno? Um, I'm guessing it was before Joe Linton's injury. It was filmed, but uh, I think it was to do with Adidas um, with the new Preds and stuff. But yeah, I mean, every chance he gets, he talks about how much he loves the club and, and the city and everything. So, like, 
the media can keep saying stuff, but I'm not worried about Bruno going anywhere. Nah. True. Apart from, yeah. uh, apart from his yellow cards. But yeah, yeah um, I guess the next episode, we will be previewing Fulham and Aston Villa. Um, I'm just really hoping we have some good news on the injury front and somebody's back, especially in them attacking positions, especially centre-mid. Willick, Willick would be a dream, like, if we could have Willock back fully fit because he can do both, like, that would be so good. But yeah, um, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, um, like us as well, like the video. Um, if you're on podcast platform, follow the pod so you get notifications when we release the next episode, and you can leave us a five star review as well, that would really be nice. And yeah, tell your friends. Tell your mother, tell your sister, tell your brother. <laughs> and we'll be back <laughs> to review those games and hopefully bring you some good news in terms of transfers and injuries. That'll be really nice. But yeah, thanks guys. We'll catch you in the next one.